The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Diamondback Covers, the absolute best cover you could ever spend your money on. If you need an insurance policy for all the expensive gear on the back of your truck, then you need a Diamondback cover. Make the bed of your truck a vault with Diamondback. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? We are back in Salt Lake City. This is my, I was here in July. I was here in August. Now I'm here in September. You've been here how many times? I was here last week, and then... Here this week. Then I was not yeah, too you, far from here, and then I'm here today. I haven't been uh, I haven't been to Salt Lake City at all this year. Oh, okay. Well, I meant Utah. I mean, you don't know. Oh, Utah. Well, still only twice. So... The coolest part is we are in a hotel room in Salt Lake City about to go start a hunt tomorrow, and we have our buddy Brockalicious with us. Yo. <laughs> Yo. I wish everybody could see how Brock's posted up right now. <laughs> and we've also got Clay, who me and Clay just got done. I killed a bull elk yesterday, and Clay was there with the yep. trip. It was Clay's first elk hunt, right? It was. It that was. was. Wow. Yep, first ever. That's cool. Yeah. Two, two firsts. Two firsts, yeah. Yeah, it was freaking awesome um i guess we could talk about that first because I, I mean i think that's the most exciting thing to happen to us well this so brock is the man and he got me this tag to go hunt in new mexico and very very undeserving of it and i told you thank you but i want to make sure i tell you thank you again what are you pointing at? Uh, am I pointing? <laughs> I thought you were pointing at something. Well, Clay's kind of, he's in a very cool position. <laughs> Clay, Clay, let's just, yeah, let's just the get pi- the visual of what the, we've got paint here. Paint the picture for us, right? So we didn't really have a microphone for Clay, and so <laughs> we had to give him a shotgun mic, and the cord of the shotgun mic is approximately three inches long. <laughs> and in order for Clay to get close enough to the shotgun microphone to talk, he had to lay on his stomach. Like uh, like an '80s girl in a teenage coming of age movie talking to her crush on the phone. Oh yeah. Um. So he's he's posted up and he, he's doing the whole thing where he's wiggling his feet back and forth too while he talks. It's really quite a sight. Yeah, it's, I got the back end. View. So you're welcome for that. <laughs> Thank way. you, you're Clay. Thank you. You don't get this every day. It's very unique. But <laughs> well, I think Caleb just took a picture, so y'all probably see that. I did. It's not the best picture, but I'm you can you can get a good representation of how we're set up in this, how we're set up in here. I'll try and post there, it. On there's our never day. there's never not some redneckery. When oh, hundred percent. When it comes to producing something Any, or anything, the behind the, anything, I think especially yeah. the things that we produce for ourselves. Yeah, always more redneckery. Well, because we're very we're, well prepared for producing for other yes, people. Yes, that's exactly what but I was. Then as say. soon as we start having to produce things for ourselves, we're like, oh wait. Well, it's kind of like me and Clay this week. Like Clay's gonna, I know what he's gonna say. The first thing he's gonna say is, "I refuse to wear my mic the whole time." <laughs> <laughs> the, first, my, the first how the day have tabled the first yeah. day mm-hmm. and during cutaways on the last day, and that's the oh, only time he. How wore. did he do in the interviews? Fine. Cutaways I'm took, a like, pro, dude. Cutaways took like three minutes. You know how many times I've had to produce idiots trying to t- say interviews? Like me? No, like not, not you specifically. <laughs> but, like, how many times I've had to coach people that have never been on camera before? Like, here, just just say exactly what I'm going to say here. <laughs> and just, like, 
literally verbatim say this. I would just I would just hit record and I would just say, "All right, talk to me. What's up?" And yeah. then he would say it, and I'd be like, "All right, sweet, see you." Yeah. See so you. we we rolled through it pretty quick, but it was uh it was an awesome trip. So I'd hunted New Mexico. I'd filmed in New Mexico. I'd never hunted New Mexico before. Uh, back in this would have been I guess twenty fifteen or sixteen. We were up in northern New Mexico, up in Amalia, at a Rio Castillo Park Ranch. I don't know if it's called that anymore. But anyway, it that place was like straight up and down and extremely thick, just huge ponderosa pines everywhere. And uh, just one of the probably one of the physically toughest hunts I've ever done. And then this part of New Mexico was kind of southwest New Mexico, right on the Arizona border in the Gila National Forest. And it was not... I mean, it had some definitely some big hills and some big, you know, mountains and stuff. But there was also some really big flat sections, which is actually where I killed my bull. And then the rockiest place, the rockiest place I have ever been in my life. Like, there was the lava rock. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Everywhere. It was a minefield. It was a knee breaker, ankle breaker at any moment. And I did fall. What day was it that I fell? Three. Day three? Oh, yeah, dude. Fell? In the dark. Dude, it scared the crap out of me. Straight sniper. Dude, I've got a huge bruise on my knee. I literally videoed it and sent it to Chuck. I'm like, freaking Chris Kyle snipered me tonight, dude. You know what that's for? You know what that's for? What? That's for you and Jamie filming me coming down the hill trying to get me. Fallen last year. That's karma. <laughs> Dude, That's the universe. Is that I like felt a redneck tech thing like filming people falling. Yes. <laughs> Forgot that Brock. Got oh yeah, Brock's Brock's got well, one of no, the most legendary then, falls we've got on camera. And this then year. my next trip, I filmed Brian fall over a cattle gate. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Why haven't I seen that footage? So you're like, so you're the, that, so you're the only footage? person we don't have falling right now. Copeland Creative Dude. gets the falling shot. <laughs> Dude, I fell. I fell for five minutes. Dude, it was so bad. It was so bad. I want to see that. Chris, like our guide, Chris, our guide, had boots that were two years old, and he tried to send them back, and the company wouldn't warranty them because they were already so tore up. No Ooh. tread on the bottom and holes holes in the side, and the, the rand around the toe was already coming so off. lava rock's different because, like, it's like walking through sand sometimes. Have you feel that, did you feel that way? Um, I felt my ankle roll all week. There was sand... And there was the, what was that thing I stepped in? That I that a gopher d- den. You stepped in a gopher den up to like your knee. Oh, yeah. Have you hiked a hill that like had lava rock? Yeah. No, not well. Now I have, every day, but not until then. That sucks. Yeah, you can't get any traction. No, you're just like spinning out. Clay, you, you talking in the side of it's kind of got funny. You got to talk right into the front of it. Sorry right, about that. Right there, it's much better get in it. But um, so the 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 terrain wasn't bad at all. Yeah. If it wasn't for those rocks, and you were afraid for like blowing a knee and ankle out at any moment, I can't and, believe it took till day three for one of us to fall. Well, yeah. I fell day two, but it wasn't that bad. If I was there, yeah. day I hit like I physically hit both knees, both hands, and my face. If you had your bow in your hand, you would have destroyed. Yeah, it'd bow. been bad. Where was your bow? Talk, on, on his your back because it was pitch black and we didn't we oh. didn't have our flashlights on. I see. So. But, yeah, it was uh, – we were trying to get out because we were elk around us and we were trying not to booger anything. And, of course, I didn't have my headlamp on. You're tired at the end of the day. You're not picking yes. your feet up and freaking caught one of those rocks and just, like, one of those, like, trying to catch yourself. There's nothing to grab and just <laughs> fall and fall and fall. and Slow boom, motion. You felt landed, like it was 10 minutes. Landed on my left knee. Like, you ripped your knee pad. Ripped, I ripped my Sitka knee pad inside my pants. Like, that's wow. how hard I hit. In half. Talk to 
Barkle about that. Yeah, I'll have to talk mm. to Barkle about that. So I I got sniped. So let's let's start let's start over. So get there day one after the terrain looks completely different than the first place I hunted. Never hunted here before. I've never been the guy holding a bow on a guide to hunt before. So I was not in my I mean, I guess I was in my comfort zone. I've done enough guided filming trips. But it was weird to be the guy that like Hey, do you need anything? Like, are you good? Like those type questions, and I'm like, dude, I'm good. Like, I'm easy. You're used to being the cameraman where you're just yeah. I'm like, yeah, hey, yeah. There's room in the back seat. Like, figure it out, type thing. And um, we're going up here. I guess you could come if you want. <laughs> yeah. It's like, or no, it's usually like, do you have to come? Like, do you like, are you required is there, here? Is there anywhere else you could be yeah. or do? Uh, there's some flowers. You could take some pictures of those while we go do this. <laughs> But anyway, um, hold on. Getting, I'm getting intel from Dudley for tomorrow. Um, anyway, so first day we get there, we meet Chris, who you hooked me up with. Chris Trujillo, and I'm sure he'll listen to this. Awesome. Yeah. Unbelievable dude. Um, hardworking, one of the hardest working guys I've ever met. 22 years old and just has got more experience hunting western big game, especially in New Mexico, than... Most dudes twice his age. Yeah, most people twice his age. He, he you could tell, not only was he a good guy, he was a hard worker, but he truly wanted you to be successful, and he genuinely loved what he was doing. And uh, that is, that's that's a quality that you can't work or teach into somebody. Like, you've got that or you don't, and he had it. And another really cool thing was he played baseball. I played baseball. Clay played baseball. And we talked about baseball several times, so we all had that in common. Um, You could tell he was an athlete just by looking at him. But he did play basketball, which we're not going to hold that against him. But uh, anyway, so the first day we go in, and he had a really big bull found that a friend of his actually put him on and told him about. And he had some, like, phone scope or what was that, the phone cam or phone Phone cam. Phone cam video of uh, this bull who he thinks is around 370. He's like, this is the bull we're going to go and try and kill in the morning. I'm like, dude, listen, like I'm going to be stoked as crap if I kill that bull. I'm also going to be stoked as crap if I kill virtually anything that's legal. He's like, you're not shooting anything small the first day. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you're going to have to physically restrain me then. He said, Brock told me not to let you shoot anything small. I'm like, well... Brock's not here. <laughs> he said, well, he said, promise me just the first day you won't shoot the first bull that comes in. I was like, okay, I'll give you the first day. So we went in, I think, what did we do that first day? Like 11 and 11 a half miles. miles yep. And we got after him that morning, had him bugling, never did see him. And then we backed out. We didn't want to push him too hard the first day. Second or That evening we go back and we start going, chasing his bugle, and we just – just keep going up and down, up and down, up and down to the point where I'm like, we're a long ways from the truck. Yeah, I was like, I thought to myself at some point, like, we have to turn around at some point. And it is getting dark, and we're still <laughs> chasing this don't, bull. Don't you love that when you're, oh, and you're like, we just keep going. We just keep, <laughs> I know the truck's not this way. Yeah. And we just keep going. That, well, and I wasn't that worried about it, especially if we kill a bull. I'm, I'm cool with it. But the problem was that night we tried to go through another gate that wasn't supposed to be locked and it was locked and Chris was mad. So we had to drive back around to our original spot and he had already told us that whole day. He's like hyping up. He's like, man, we're going to go through that lower gate. It's going to be like a 500-yard walk. We're going to be right there on top of it. And we're like, heck yeah, dude, we're stoked. 
get to that gate and it's locked. And he's like fuming mad. He's like, they're not supposed to lock this gate. This is unit wide, blah, 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 blah. So we drive all the way back around, hike over the two big ridges. And get, Kate, Caleb and I had a rule. We don't care if you take us on a death march. Just, just tell us it's going to be a death march. Tell us it's going to be a death march. And he didn't tell us. <laughs> um, and we got to the top of the second ridge. We hear a bull bugle. We go to the top of the third ridge, and they're over the third ridge. So we go all the way to the bottom of the third ridge, start to go up the fourth ridge, and then it's getting dark, and these bulls are already headed to water. We're behind them, and everybody knows you get behind elk. You're not getting in front of them. Yeah. It's, now it's dark, and he's like, all right, I guess we should start hiking back. And he, in his mind, because in this basin that we were going to strive the truck to, there's a road. We had crossed two roads. And we get back to the first road, and he's like, all right, guys, we're almost there. And I'm like, so you know something I don't? Because no, we're not. We get to the top of the second ridge, and we cross the other road, and he looks back at me and Clay. He goes, yeah, I lied to y'all before. <laughs> we're not we're not almost back yet. And we're like, I'm standing there thinking, like, I pretty much knew that. I was just really hoping I was wrong. <laughs> and, dude, we hiked back. It was an hour, an hour and 20 minutes straight. Up and down, up and down, up and down until we got back to the truck. And uh, we got back late. Everybody had already eaten. We warmed up our food, and we were just like, the first day, we're like, I thought to myself, I'm like, this is going to be a rough trip. It's like this every day. <laughs> this is going to be a long week. And then uh, the sec- wasn't the second day that we had all those encounters. It was the third day. Third day. Third day. So second day, I don't even remember what happened. Second day is when we... Um, I don't remember, but we heard a lot of bugles and didn't see anything. Yeah, the second day was kind of slow. I mean, we heard bulls, but we didn't really see anything. Third day is the day that Ryer had his first little hiccup. Not Ryer. Clay had his first hiccup. I was about on... to say, I was, like, I was doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was immaculate. So we get into bulls the third morning in an area that According to Chris, he's like, I don't think anybody's been here in a while. Like, we didn't see any fresh like tire tracks. Crazy thing about this unit, and you know about it in, in uh, Unit Fifteen, is there's a great road system pretty much everywhere. And if you've got a four wheeler side by side or a little Tacoma like he had, I mean, you can really cover some ground pretty fast. And uh, we got into this this spot that we heard several bulls, and we get all the way up the side of this biggest hill, and we come in the backside. And then we get on this big saddle, and these bulls are coming out of those big flats in the bottoms, and they're coming up to bed. So we're trying to maneuver to get in front of them and then call and try and, like, he's – because Chris is like, look, they're going to bed, and you're not going to keep them from going to bed, but you might detour them a little bit and get one to come in. Well, by this time, most of the big bulls have already got cows with them, or at least a couple that we've seen. So we try and get in position, elk's bugling, and we get in between two or three bugling. Like, well, there's one down below us, there's one to our right, way off. There's one to our left that sounds the closest. And our wind's kind of working the best for the bulls that are on the ridge and not the one that's in the bottom because it's early in the morning the thermals are still going down. So we're like, okay, let's just work on these two. So he starts calling, this one to our left comes in first. And he is disgusting bugle. I mean, he is just, you can tell this is a big bull. We get set up. He comes in. Cows come in first. They figure they figure out something's not right. They kind of booger and leave. Well, in the process of calling him in and raking trees and doing all the things, this bull down the right side of the ridge is coming. So literally all we do is turn 180 degrees, walk, what, 40, 50, 50 yards, yards and set up again. Well, I'm set, and worse, and the problem was the setup sucked. 
We were on the side of a steep bridge in that rocky stuff. There was not a good place to stand for me. There was a terrible spot to stand for Clay. And Clay, wanting to get good footage, is trying to find a better spot. Now, all I told him was, like, just don't be in the open. Like, have some sort of cover on you. I was like, but we're in such a thick spot. If you've just got a little cover, we'll be okay. Well, this bull's freaking coming. He's under 100. And I'm standing there, like, ready. Like, right in the only shot I'm on has, like, under 20 because it's so thick. Like, he's going to have to walk right by us. Yeah, and so I see him stop at, like, 40 behind some really thick stuff. And I can just see tips of antlers and, like, his body behind, like, brush. And I, like, kind of whisper, and this is my fault for not wearing the microphone. I'm like, don't move. He's right there. And about the time I get that out of my mouth, I hear <laughs> step in a hole full of like sticks. And he's trying to get around me to get better footage. And that bull freezes when he hears that, like a statue. And, I, and I'm like, don't freaking move. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like scream. What is it? Like scream whispering? Yeah, <laughs> like, scream yelling. Yeah, scream yelling. And like two minutes later, after this bull standing there in statue, he goes, "He's right there." I'm like, "I know he's right there." <laughs> I'm like, "I've been watching him this whole time," and uh, he finally figures out something's up, and he just kind of turns and goes down the ridge, and I'm like fuming. I'm so pissed. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, he's because you know how elk gun goes. That might be the only opportunity you get." And, and to this point, it's been really tough. That's the first two bulls we've laid eyes on, yeah. other than like half a mile away. Yeah. You know, that's the first bull we've had in the danger zone the whole trip. This is the third day. And then Chris comes in. We tell him what happened. We hike down the mountain. We take a nice, long adrenaline dump nap at the bottom of the mountain in the middle of the day that day. I don't even, the, not, that night's when we went back after bulls in that flat area, and I, I got sniped and busted my knee. What happened? The four, oh, the fourth day is the day that we went down in that flat area and ran all over. We had to make a mile and a half in like 11 minutes. Yeah, but that morning is when we went to that new spot, and that dinosaur was like 75 yards behind the tree from us and never oh, came Oh, yeah. In. Super we, early We literally got out of the truck the fourth morning, and there are elk bugling, and he is – so this is how close we were to the truck when we got out in the dark. We walked and dropped our pack 61 yards from the truck, and <laughs> – Chris was so afraid the bulls were going to come in and could see the truck. He was laying on the hood so the hood of the truck wouldn't glare. Like, that's how close was, we were to the truck. He was calling from the truck. He was calling on the truck, hiding the glare of the truck so they wouldn't <laughs> see the truck. Nice. And so, and he worked this bull for it, almost an hour. And he was under 100, and he you could just hear him like moving left to right, like 40 yards under 100. Never saw this dude. And he had. We the, could hear his, ant, his he antlers. Was the, he was trees by far the biggest bull we got within that close because he had the nastiest, growliest bugle we've ever heard. End up, the only thing that comes in is a spike. And then there's three or four bulls working off. So they start taking off. Well, we try and get around them, and you're behind elk again, and you just you can't get in front of them. And that rock stuff is so loud. Yeah. You a lot can't, of pea gravel, too. Pea gravel. So. And it's so dry. N- nothing you step on is quiet. And for us to try and get around those up, we just we just weren't going to do it. And so we walk, I don't know, probably a mile and a half, two miles down in there in the basin chasing them. And they finally just get to where they're not coming in. We had one come in, wind swirled. And then the next morning, the morning that I killed, we got in bulls 
eight or nine different bulls, and then a plane flew over, I guess, from an outfitter scouting bulls, and they just shut up, walked out of there again. And, like, that, that middle of the day, Chris is stressed. Like, you can tell Chris is stressed because you've put pressure on him to make sure I kill a bull. He's so, like, he wants us to kill one so bad, and he to this point, other than one of his hunters missing, he's 100% lifetime on hunters. He's like, I'm not letting you go home without a bull. Like, I can't break this streak, you know, and I don't want to break the streak either. So, luckily, the fifth day. Um, well, the fourth afternoon, we had that 330 size bull come into 65 yeah, yards. Yeah. And he only had one antler. He had already yeah, he broken, already broken off a whole antler. So, it was just, I mean, and the first bull I have an opportunity to shoot has half a rack. And Chris is like, You're not shooting that. I'm like, I shoot that thing in a heartbeat. And he's like, You're not shooting a half rack. He's like, Jeff will kill me. And uh, so. We didn't shoot that one, and then the fifth, the fifth afternoon, we're sitting up on what we call Titty Hill in the middle of this flat. There's one big, big just hill in the middle of this big flat that we had hunted the, the what was it, the evening before that? Mm-hmm. And uh, we hear bugles to our right, and there's a water tank over on private land that we didn't even know was there. We see a big bull coming off the mountain. We see another bull coming off to the mountain. They're all going to that water. So Chris is like, we need to get over there and see if we can call – Either one of those big bulls in there, or I know they're going to have satellites with them because they've all got cows. So we literally get 50, 70 yards from this private fence. Like, I'm looking at the fence, and he starts calling, and satellite bulls start coming in. First one comes right at us, 36 yards, won't turn. I didn't want to take a frontal shot at 36 yards, which he wasn't that big. He was really narrow. He was, I think he was just a narrow five-point, the best I could tell. He might have been a six he works around us. The next one comes in. He skirts us at like 136 yards. And then the third one starts coming in. And he's at 80. He gets to 60. And I see his fronts. And I'm like, I'm shooting this bull. Stops at 57. Range in, you know, range right in front of him. He stops right in that spot. Rolled my dial to 57. Drew back. Focused on my shot and made an awesome shot. Ran 200 yards and piled up. And we freaking were pumped. And, uh. It was just cool, which I think you said the coolest part was having that bull bugle right in our face. For me, definitely. Not doing it before, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of what I want. I mean, killing the bull was just icing on the cake. It was it was a super fun trip. Chris was amazing. The place was amazing. The food was amazing. Like, every, uh, the cell phone service wasn't amazing. I didn't have cell phone services the entire, like, zero the entire time. If they wouldn't, they had service on the Verizon and let me use their hotspot, I, I would have been... Dead divorced. Well, and you have AT and T, right? AT and T, yeah. Right. So, um, the uh, in camp they had Wi Fi, but it was the, the it had no bandwidth. Like if two mm. people got on their phones, it's over. It's over. So like you, if you got to camp first, you could like get on your phone and do stuff. Like you could send text, but that's about it. Um, like I couldn't even call you that day. Yeah. Like it wouldn't even go through. So, um, but killing you know kill the bull took some cool pictures and stuff but uh i mean i think it was i mean what was like for your first elk experience clay like kind of how was it for you like what was your takeaway from it um if you would have asked me after day one and two if i'd ever wanted to do it again i would have told you absolutely not (laughs) Um, why but why is that i mean because i wasn't impressed you weren't impressed why not a lot of walking and not very much seeing oh well that's that's definitely the case um (laughs) but i mean after (laughs) 
after day three and we actually <laughs> well, got to see a bull. That's Western hunting right there. Yeah. yeah. A lot of walking, not a lot of seeing. That's uh, that's pretty much my whole so, elk season last year. After yeah. day three, we actually got to see an elk bugle and hear one within 100 yards. I mean, I'll, I'll definitely do it again. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. But it, I also feel like I got cheated on this hunt too, just like the mule deer hunt, because where we killed that bull, I mean, flat oh, as yeah. a football field. Yeah, flat as a football field. And got yeah. the truck right to him. Yeah, which I'm cool with. I'm cool with that. We had to carry the quarters a whole ten yards, and they would have been further, but I made him back up so the headlights weren't so bright for pictures. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're going back in November, right? Yeah, I'm going back there, New Mexico. That's a muzzleloader or a rifle? Muzzleloader. Yeah, the unit that I'm going there with Chris would be, it's a primitive weapon unit. So they only let archery and muzzleloader in that unit. Okay, so that means big bulls? It's different than your hunt. You probably had more bulls, more elk than this unit will. So yeah. Clay would not appreciate it. <laughs> We'll see less. Elk. We just know that Clay doesn't like he doesn't like the early season mule deer hunts at all. There's a whole lot of glass and a lot of oh, sitting there. See, like that's my like that's late season stuff too. You know, yeah, sitting yeah, on top true. Of the hill glassing and but I I would venture to guess, and you've done way more mule deer hunting than me. Finding an elk glassing is going to be a little easier than finding a mule deer glassing. Oh yeah, yeah, especially late season when there's no leaves or anything on the trees. So late season's a little different when there's snow on the ground. Mule leaves are easier to see. Yeah, elk are harder to see because they look like a big bush. Yeah, the brown. Yeah, but um, the elk light up a lot more in the sun too than it yeah. Oh does. yeah, you you got them in the right spot. Mm-hmm. They shine like a diamond. Yep. But like you could we like last night we heard those two two bulls bugling. When we were still up on Titty Hill. Yeah bugling like crazy at like four o'clock which is the earliest we'd heard bugles like up until this point we hadn't heard a bugle earlier than five thirty. yeah so we're literally sitting there listening to them ripping and like they're under seven eight hundred yards from us for 10 minutes for 10 minutes and chris is like burning his retinas out he's like i should be able to see this freaking elk and cannot find him yeah he had his 15 swallows out just picking that place apart could not find these elk and finally, he's like, oh, I see him, I see him, I see him, I see him. And then you saw the one up top, didn't you? Yeah, way, way Dude, up there. way up there. He was a mile and a half away. Yeah. And he was standing up there like freaking boss, man. He was, he was huge. And you could tell from a mile and a half, dude was like, he was the boss of that canyon. Really? And then a giant five-point comes in that he said is probably 320 for a five-point. That's, yeah, that's a big – Yeah, that's a big five-point. And he that's the bull he wanted me to shoot. He's like – that because he was coming in first. It was going to take that other one a long time to get there. Yeah. He's like, if we can get in here and this thing's got cows or doesn't have cows, because when he was coming in, he looked like he was coming in by himself. He's like, if he's coming in by himself and he hears this lone cow over here, he's going to come in. Yeah. And he screamed at us in the water. I mean, over and over. But he would not leave that water. He just stayed in that water, splashing and thrashing. But his satellite bulls started coming in. Yeah. One of them didn't go back. One of them didn't make it. One the of them didn't back. make the track back. That's fun, man. Dude. How much different for you was it being the shooter? Oh, everything was different. It was so different for me because number one thing I can tell you is my pack was a lot lighter. <laughs> I didn't carry anything camera related. I I literally told myself, like, you know, I was like, you know carried what? Carried a lav mic pretty well. Well, I carried that in my pack. That's the only thing I carried. But, but I, so he, 
I carried Wait, it in my pack. You, you didn't carry, have it on, but you carried, carried it in your it in pack. His pack. Yeah, exactly. just in case we needed it for something. Exactly. Just in case. Thank you, Ryer. Look, out of all of my experience, and you have more than me, Caleb. I don't like where this is going. How successful have you been <laughs> getting a hunter to put on a lavalier mic when there's an animal well, on I the table? I, meant, I, I didn't mean I was going to put it on like as an animal was coming in. I meant like for cutaways and stuff. It was it was wishful thinking. There was a lot of good audio to be had if he was wearing said lavalier mic. No, I bet there yes. was. Yeah, I didn't wear the lav mic. Like, there's a lot of good. So now, how are you going to justify telling a hunter that they need to wear their lav mic? You being how, no, a no, no, hunter, no, 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 no. Who how didn't are you going to justify me saying, "Oh man, you should have got this shot"? I feel it. I feel attacked. You yeah. should. <laughs> you should. One hundred percent. Because you play how. How uh, Caleb was as a client. <laughs> no, let's not I, ask that. I mean, honestly, other than that, I, love where, I like where your head's at. Yeah. I like where your head's at, Brock. Great interview questions. <laughs> this is now the Redneck Tech Podcast brought to you by, by Brock, Brock of Rolly White RV. <laughs> we need to switch honestly, his guest, here. His guest today is Caleb Copeland. Oh, I mean, honestly, other than not wearing the microphone, it was great because he's not hard to keep up with. He, he gives you the <laughs> he gives you the audio he needs. I mean, it, it was really it was really easy. I'm the ideal up I'm with. the ideal client. Did you <laughs> set up for the fall? No, my he's camera set up perfectly for the fall. He's like this. This dumbass. <laughs> I've seen this guy cross two fences. I'm going to set up here. This be good. <laughs> no, my camera was on my backpack when I fell. It was pitch black. And anyways. it was pitch black, yeah. Oh, trust me. If there would have been an opportunity to try and get something funny like that, he would have gotten it. Yeah. I mean, Chris, Chris blasted did, out to well, every single person. Chris got us sleeping <laughs> in the truck and sent it to you. First, yeah, first like, things I first. I see the resemblance, and he blasted a picture of me sleeping. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he showed me the like with you. He showed me the picture of you sleeping right after he showed us a picture of us sleeping. <laughs> hey, yeah. You so have that in your phone asshole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, keep look, sleep when you can, <laughs> dude. That's what exactly. that's what I love about. <clears throat> that's what I love about being a lot of times. Being the producer is inconvenient um, because <laughs> in, in which way there's multiple ways. <laughs> Generally, it just you just have to carry so much stuff, and nobody ever you're just inconvenient to everybody, I, and they're all just a little bit annoyed with your presence. I reached and grabbed my pack a couple times and ripped it out of the back because I thought it was going <laughs> to be so much. He grabbed yeah. mine. He yeah. grabbed mine. He's like, "Dude, what are you carrying?" I said, uh, "Double A's, a GoPro, and a DSLR." <laughs> Dude, weighs like please. 20 pounds. I'm used you know, in lenses and everything, and I'm used to, like, grabbing it and it being at least 30 pounds. And I'm, like, jerking mine out because it's got, like, a bugle tube and a jacket. <laughs> That's it. And some water. So so where I was going with this story was that it's it's nice sometimes because you just get, sh- like, shoved in some random place in the truck that nobody oh, planned for you to be there. 100%. <laughs> and so the guide and the hunter are up front in the truck, and it's 4 o'clock in the morning. you got a 45-minute drive, and they got to talk to each other. Yeah. Right? Not me. I'm in the back. They forgot I was there. I sleep. <laughs> I'm asleep. They're like, uh, Ryer's been real quiet. Yeah, I'm sleeping. Y'all or, can talk. Or, or Ryer's, all of a sudden you hear this like weird like music going on because Ryer's on TikTok. Yeah, that too. Not that early in the morning. Yeah, no. I sleep. 
I no, I've been in that situation. It's so nice. You just so like so many times. Hey, I like the conversation y'all got going on. Yeah, I'm gonna check out. Yeah, let me know when the truck stops and I need to get out. Yeah, exactly. And dude. we'll go from there. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. <laughs> like, just get that good head bob going all the way to the stand. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which you can't do that with Chuck. That doesn't happen with Chuck Melmore. He's not quiet enough, and he makes <laughs> sure you're awake. He is. If Chuck's awake, you're awake. He oh. Hundred percent. I learned that at Blue well, So he is the. Do you want to be asleep with Chuck? That's the real question. Do you want to be asleep in the, like a stand with Chuck? Seems like you get messed with. No, he won't. Well, he'll definitely take pictures. Like, but that's fine. Like Some weird pictures. He's like the fact that Chuck's still alive amazes me. Dude doesn't sleep. Like he does not sleep. Like tonight, if he had to hunt tomorrow, zero sleep. He would he lay down and play on his phone. He'd wake up if, if we said we were getting up at five. He'd be up at three fifteen. Like Candy with, Crush, dude. I know he's on Facebook and Instagram, just getting jacked. Yeah, dude. No, just he, he. His mind doesn't shut off, and his and when his mind doesn't shut off, his mouth doesn't shut up, <laughs> and then he gets up and just walks and like, dude. I'll never forget it. It's one of the first hunts I ever did with him. Um, we were in Calhoun at the Bass Pro Place, and uh, we were doing a duck hunt, which everybody knows how I feel about that. And uh, we were, so it was me and Zach in the front room, Chuck and John in the middle of the room, JP in the back room, and there's just this long hallway. Well, call time, 5 o'clock. That's what time we're getting up. We're leaving by 5.45. Well, 5 o'clock, 5.10, I'm good. I can be ready to go in 35 minutes. No problem. All my stuff's laid out. I'm organized. 4 o'clock in the morning, Chuck is up whistling walking up and down the halls, singing songs. <laughs> and like, and this is like a hardwood thing, so you can hear every step. And he's got on his boots, and it's just like him like whistling and playing on his phone. He's like, y'all lazy. Y'all need to get out of bed. <laughs> and, I, and, and literally, we look at our thing. We're like, we've got a whole another hour and ten minutes we can sleep. And we're like, you said five o'clock. He's like, man, I'm ready to go. Y'all need to get out of the bed. <laughs> And everybody's still asleep. He is up, dressed, and ready to go. And I'm like, what are we going to do? Sit in the blind for an hour? He's like, y'all just need to get out of bed. He's (laughs) one of those guys that if he's up, everybody's up. And from that day forward, if you go on a chip with Chuck, you try and get the room the furthest away from him. Maybe just get, like, a different, like, area. Yeah. Well, and then, like, we did this. We did the mule deer hunt this last year in Colorado. If you get back to camp, you'd eat. I'm ready to go to bed. What's Chuck ready to do? He's ready to talk more. <laughs> He's ready to sit up and talk about the whole day again. It's like, I was there, dude. There the whole time. Filmed it all. I was there the whole time. I'll watch it in editing four million times. And I'll lay down in the bed, and he'll just stand there and look at you in the bed like, really, dude? You're going to get to bed now? I'm like, it's 11 o'clock. we got to be up in five hours. I'm going to bed. Maybe he could he like at least lay in bed and talk you to sleep. Oh no, he lays in bed and talks. And if you go out, he will talk louder. Like oh, he does not. He he, he don't he doesn't do by himself, man. That I can always tell when Chuck is driving because that's when he calls me. Sounds hey good. man, what are you doing? I'm like I'm I'm, I'm doing whatever. He's like, oh man, I'm coming back from Kentucky. I was like okay. <laughs> I was like, so you got five and a half hours in the truck by yourself. You got to talk to somebody. But so you need to bring Clay with you. 
and then have him just stay with Chuck all night while you sleep. <laughs> well, what I can't, can't sleep during the day. What he I can't can go with Chuck while they're hunting. I can sleep and then just be up all night with Chuck. He can't go. He can't go with Chuck. No, no, no. Look, he no. doesn't like Taco Bell. He'll never survive with Chuck. Well, no, he does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, what if he just carries those little Miss Debbie things around? Little Debbie. Miss oh. Debbie? Little Debbie's. Little Debbie's. Little oh, Debbie's. Like, maybe if he had, like, a backpack chuck full of those things, that'd make up for the Taco Bell. <sighs> I don't know. He likes, His job is he, just to stay up all night I don't know. Chuck. That's it. Like, he, he, bring a, <laughs> like, he can go to Taco Bell and eat a protein He doesn't. The only guy, he, he's, a, he's, he's a distant second from you. He likes Diet Coke pretty well. Oh, yeah. Distant, you and him would be, second. I don't know if anybody can catch you. Like, you get three flats of Diet Coke for one day. Deseret, one of the nicest hunting lodges in the country, ran out of Diet Coke in three days when Brock was there. Yeah. That was disappointment. We were going down to the store tomorrow. Get some backup. Need to get a trailer for all the Diet Coke. Yeah. Every time I saw Clay drinking Diet Coke, I'm like, he's old. supply here. Hey, down the street, bro. Your camera. Go drink a Coke. You're skinny. Drink a Coke. Skinny people drink Cokes. Oh, so that leads us into what's happening next. So we leave in the morning to go up to Utah and do your you. You still got two tags. You still got a mule deer and elk. Nobody asked me what I did last week. Oh, I'm oh, I'm sorry. Left rider out. I'm sorry. I was trying to segue. I was trying to host segue. And I just I Let's screwed up. I've been over here waiting so, patiently. All right, what did Ryer do this next last week? Let's see. Pretend like hunted elk. You hunted elk right. in oh, here in all. Utah. Yeah. No big deal. We all killed on the second day. Like y'all's wasn't near as exciting as ours. <laughs> just took pictures the rest of the week. Like, <laughs> how many? I took a lot of pictures. How many? T- well, let's how, just okay. start from the beginning. You okay. got to tell your whole right, story. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize. I won't. I won't be as long winded as Caleb. Oh no, I'm sorry. Started with Salt Lake. Uh, yeah. So, huh? When did you show up in Salt Lake last week? I don't know what day we get here. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot we drove in, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's been a freaking whirlwind. From Dave Pinnegers. Yeah, because we went, we were up in Idaho Falls. And we were shot. In, you were in Wyoming, which we've already talked about that. Yeah, I was in Wyoming. Idaho and Falls. And then we went here. to Idaho Falls. Uh, and then, well, no, I went from Wyoming. Then I met you in uh, South Dakota, Montana. Yep. And then spent, what was that, three days there? And then we went to Idaho Falls, spent a day and a half there, and then came back and came to Utah, spent a day here, and then I went up. Um, I went up to uh, Elk Hunt with Hunt Masters, Greg Ritz, and uh, is he really Clint. the master? He's pretty good. I mean, we killed one. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, heck yeah. Um, and. Uh, that that was me and uh, our boy Clint Easley filming filming that one, um, and uh, it was it was a good time. Uh, it was a different shoot than than I'm used to, and I think we talked about this last time because mm-hmm. um, Caleb and Clint had just got off of uh, filming the mule deer hunt. A mule deer hunt. Brock was also on <clears throat> a mule deer hunt um, at the same place with uh, with Greg. And uh, so Greg's show is different from most hunting shows in the way that it is um, highly produced. There's an emphasis put on production value uh, almost to 
to the point where it does get in the way of some of the hunting. Um, and you've got two producers, which was the first time I think I've ever actually hunted with two producers. Is it really? Yeah. I've never been on a hunt with two producers. Um, so that was cool. And uh, basically we showed up. <clears throat> we actually hunted. We drove in and hunted the first morning. So that was, uh, I was up at three in the morning. We went up there and hunted. And uh, we kind of just glassed that first morning. Kind of saw some, uh, but nothing too eventful. That evening we tried to get in on the ones that we had seen the that morning and uh, weren't able to make anything happen. The second morning was kind of the same, fairly uneventful. Um, the elk in that area just weren't really being very active. And they went to bed really early. And then uh, the second evening. Was it still pretty hot? What was the temps? Yeah, it was still real hot. It was hot in New Mexico. I mean, it was I don't, 80s, I don't remember 90s. wearing, I was wearing That's my not t-shirt and then whatever that. Well, I know it's not hot compared to like summertime, but it was hot for me. For elk hunting, it was hot. That's true. I was wearing a t-shirt and that, um, whatever the lightest. Core lightweight. Yeah, the core lightweight in, at 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I wore that literally the entire time we were in New Mexico. Yeah. I put on my jacket one time for three minutes, and we walked like a mile, and I was dying and took it off. Yeah, so it was really hot. Uh, it was really hot, and so that afternoon, because of the heat, we decided that we were going to sit uh, on top of a hill and kind of look down into this valley that had some wallows and stuff wall that <clears throat> that our guide, Matt Summers, um, knew there was elk in. And so we got up there, started glassing, and uh, we saw an elk down there, got all the way down there, and uh, Greg took a real nice muzzleloader shot at him. With some him. new some new Hornady stuff that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. How much? How much? You'll never get this. So You'll he, never uh, get this. He, he schlocked that that bowl, and, uh, I mean, he literally fell over in the wall. Oh, so. really? He didn't run at all? Mm-mm. Nice. Um, so that was really How cool. How long was the shot? 200? 200. Very cool. Yep, and then uh, so we we uh, pretty much got that all taken care of, and then the rest of the week we spent uh, making pretty stuff, making pretty stuff, taking a lot of pictures, doing pickups. How many um, pictures? How many images? How many times did you hit the shutter button? I took two thousand. Well, not counting a six hundred and forty-five frame time lapse, I don't okay. count that because yeah. I didn't press the shutter six hundred and forty-five times. Uh, I took. 2,800 photos. And how many finished photos? I ended up with 260 finished photos. Out so of 2,800. Out of 2,800, I think my ratio adds a, is like 8, 8%, 8.7%. Um, but I got some really cool pictures. Yeah, we looked at some earlier. Yeah, and I got some really, Clint really cool pictures. Clint took how many? Clint took less pictures than me. I think he took like in the range of two thousand, mm-hmm. and he had five hundred finished ones. Dang! So you're saying he's a better photographer than you? Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I think I think we were talking about it. He's a little less picky than I am. Yeah. I'm a little bit more picky. Yeah. And I really not. Huh? He got more, so maybe. Well, he 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 didn't cull as many images as Ryer did. Okay. He took more and then didn't didn't color as many because he wasn't. He's kind of nitpicky when it comes to like images of which ones he keeps. Perfectionist. Perfect. Yeah, 
but that's a good thing. I mean, especially with a photographer and a videographer, you want somebody to have that little perfectionist mentality a little bit. I, yes. I have a picture that Ryer took that's on my phone. Yeah, of your wife. It's beautiful. Yeah, I it's think not. I've got two pictures on your wall, don't I? Yeah. I've got one picture of you and Taryn with the uh, mule deer from Colorado. Yes. And I got a picture of uh, you and Taryn and all your kiddos standing on top of a sand dune. Yeah. Did that get printed? Yes. Sweet. It's printed, bro. Yeah, I got two pictures bro. on Brock's wall. <laughs> bro. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we got a lot of cool pictures. We got a lot of uh, really cool shots and um, a lot of scenes. So that was kind of the thing that was yeah. different. Was which, which Greg calls skits. Yeah, skits. And those are all thought out beforehand. And how did you like putting those together? Like how much of that process did you get to be or did you kind of have your finger in on those? I I was kind of letting Clint take the driver's seat. Yeah, on and a lot I of figured, stuff. but like I wanted um, to know like how what your thoughts were on that whole process. I I like the process, and I think I think for that style, I I enjoy it, um, and I enjoy really being able to think through the scene, think through the story, plan out how everything's going to flow. And really have an idea of exactly where everything fits before you ever get out of the field. Because mm-hmm. generally, um, you show up to a hunt, you shoot footage. Chronologically. Um, chronologically. You just shoot everything that's going on. And, you know, you do a good job of producing all those elements and making little scenes in the field as you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make sure that you have the things to work with in post. But generally, you don't necessarily know how all those pieces are going to fit together. Um, until you get into the edit and until like the week is done. Whereas um, we kind of were building the show piece by piece by piece Mm -hmm. uh, the entire week. And of course, you know, with, with the animals, there's always an element of, you don't know how much animal footage you get. You don't know how the hunt will play out. You don't know um, any of those kind of things. So with the animal footage, of course, that stuff is, is you, get the animal footage and then figure out, okay, where does this fit? And then, um, you know, we have a lot of the other scenes to really put all of those things together to glue all of the hunting footage together and to make, uh, the episode and to make the story. And so I think every day we produced maybe one to three skits. And then of course, trying to get in the field, excuse me, in the field dialogue and uh, all the footage to interspace with those. Make a cohesive story. And knowing that there's a lot of voiceover and stuff like that that will also glue all these pieces together. What you need a lot Um, of B-roll and a lot of pretty mm -hmm. to do that. And uh, I enjoyed it. It was a a nice change of pace. Very different, yeah. It was really different. um, And I was kind of able to watch Greg and Clint really do a lot of the heavy mental lifting for that stuff. Um, I kind of played more of a support camera role, I think, yeah. which I'm fine with. Yeah. Um, Clint's been doing this longer than I have, and so has Greg. It's his third, third <coughs> second trip? Second trip with Greg. I think just in general. I think yeah. Clint's been doing this for 10, 11 years now. Yeah. Um, and he's technically he's, longer than me then i guess yeah he's been he's been with clint more and he's going to be he or he's been yeah, with clint greg will more be, yeah clint will and be yeah clint will be will be with greg more yeah. and so um 
I, I was just playing kind of the uh, support camera role, and so it was cool really to watch uh, Clint produce and and how kind of he works with these scenes was really unique. Yeah. Um, so that was fun, and I, I think it was cool having two shooters. Of course, I still shot way more than I needed to. Of course you did. Old habits die hard. <laughs> uh, or don't die at all. Or don't die at all. But, uh, yeah, I think it was nice to have – another person focused on the production that you could kind of um, bounce ideas back and forth with, confer with, go, hey, did you get this? Uh, what do you think of this? Did we get this? Do we need to do this? Um, and really just talk through all the stuff. I think it takes uh, it takes a lot of the mental burden off of you as a single producer because mm-hmm. now you've got two guys that are focused on doing all the things. Yeah. Um, and in the moment, you have two, two in the moment cameras yeah so like on on the kill he was on the elk and i was on greg and so you get the real time of both of those things which in editing is always better if you can get it straight off the bat so sure um but it was cool to really take all the time to do all the shots and to really put all the things together and to do um, all the photography and and really be able to be creative the whole time super creative yeah um I got a lot of cool shots, and uh, I'm excited for those to get out there eventually. So, it's going to be July before those come out, but that's okay. The episodes or the photos? Photos might come out. Photos before, will yeah. come out earlier, but the yeah. episodes, yeah. So, Brock leads us to you. Yo. Elk and it's Mule me and you, buddy. It's, it's me and Brock. You and Ryerstein. Again. Ryer. We ride again. <laughs> well, this, I'm hunting this time. Last time it was Taryn. Yeah, that's true. So. Oh, so this is actually going to... No, you got to... No, well, last time was Taryn, yeah. Yeah, Taryn... Oh, yeah, you were just down. the supporting role the whole time on that I one, was, weren't you? I was holding her bags. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you. Let me help you. Yeah. So what are you looking for? You looking to shoot a big elk? You just want to get a good one? What's your What's your deal? Yeah, I honestly haven't been in a really good, crazy... Like, I haven't had an Arizona archery tag... For 15 years, I have so many points over there. Yeah. And been putting in for New Mexico forever. So this is my first real archery elk hunt. On the rut. In the rut, like going crazy. Yeah. I killed an elk last year in Alberta, but this is a different level. Oh, yeah. It's weird hunting in Alberta. It's just, I don't know. it's It's just weird hunting them in that terrain to me. Yeah, it's like they're out of place. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It, it just—it was odd to me. It's so. thick. Oh, it's nasty thick. Golly, it's the thickest place on earth. Yeah, other than maybe like the Amazon jungle or something. It's but, like wetlands. But then the mule deer. Mule deer is kind of your thing, though. Like if you had to pick elk or mule deer, you'd probably go mule deer. Well, it's just I've hunted mule deer more. I like. I don't turn anything down. <laughs> I like to hunt. Doesn't matter the weapon. Doesn't matter the animal. You're Doesn't just you're down. If you want. which that's the that's the thing. I mean, you talked about that you haven't got to do a lot of hunting of is whitetails. Yes, and you're wanting to get into that more. I'd love. I I think that would be. Why is that? Just because you haven't got to do much of it, or what? I really started taking hunting really serious the last probably seven years. Yeah, and so I just did what I could, which yeah. was I could buy landowner tags in Colorado. Yeah. And put in for all the states around me, which means you get drawn never. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you are in one of the hardest areas to draw anything. Eventually, I just didn't know. I didn't want to go whitetail hunting unless it was like a quality whitetail hunt. Yeah, because I've heard bad stories. Oh, because there's so many fly by night outfitters now in the whitetail world. It's always been a want. Yeah, just waiting the right time to do for it. sure. Just the right time. I didn't want to have a bad experience because a bad experience can ruin the whole thing. Oh, hundred percent. But you've never you've never really done a turkey hunts either, have you? I've like Arizona has not great turkey. But. Okay, so that's a, that's that's going to be a no. So yeah, that we're going to fix that this spring. We're yeah. going to do a turkey hunt somewhere this spring. That'd be fun. Yeah, like I like turkey. That Rambo bike that you really like? Yeah, the Ram- <laughs> Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to sponsor a podcast, so <laughs> I'll take a bike payment. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I assembled it. I don't know if you know what my assembly for is. Brad told me. Good. Brad told me the you, forks you put were it backwards. On backwards. <laughs> you, you put the handlebars on backwards. You, you put the forks on backwards. Hey, I rode it around like that for a while. <laughs> Didn't even know the difference. I got up to 30 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. Backwards? backwards. With backwards brakes. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> if I would have rode that bike, I would have I sent myself through a wall with the backwards you brakes. Did, you sent you sent my other bike. That's Can we stop you, with that? No. No, we can't. Yeah, there's a reason why Ryer doesn't get on a bike. Yeah. Ryer doesn't drink and drive, and he doesn't ride a bike. He doesn't need to ride any bikes except for skinny tire bikes, apparently. Skinny tire bikes. Yeah. The when little get, road bikes. If they're over an inch. If that was if I had sent my road bike down that hill, I probably could have got to forty. And you would have and I would have died. steered the crap out of it. You would have died. No. Steered the crap right into a tree. No. Yeah. I would have made Dude, that turn. Inches from death. I would have made the turn. You inches. don't even remember what happened. Dude, I <laughs> Neither wish, does the bike. God, I wish I had video of that. Oh my lord. With like, like parts flying. My everywhere. heart my heart stopped because I'm like, <laughs> he has broken something. And I'm not going to have him all fall, and we are screwed. We are right. literally screwed. Yeah, Ryer's going to the hospital. Yeah, dude. And we can't even go see him because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to catch COVID, and they're so, going to find out like that gingers die instantly when they get COVID. <laughs> so we need to – we need to – I don't know if we're going to have time to do a deer hunt this year. But definitely turkeys in the spring, and then that's the goal. Next fall – is whitetails. Yeah. I mean, you've talked about it, about finding a place. Yeah. Either leasing yeah. or buying somewhere. I'm down for either. Yeah, I'm down. So, Seriously, that's yeah. the goal for as next fall. As we can own a tractor. Oh, dude. And someone lets me operate that tractor. <laughs> Most you haven't operated just, a tractor? Well, like, they just, like, they, when no one's around, <laughs> like, like. We just ghost riding people's tractors? No, like. At the work, when we they all have tractors doing stuff, they're like, "I'm like, hey, can I? They're like, why don't you just go inside?" <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm, I'll go get a soda. And then, like the forklifts, like I have to like jump in the seat, else they just don't let me. Why don't Why don't they let you operate? Have the you have, have you cost some money somewhere down the line running something? No, no, like. There's something you're not telling us. I don't know. <laughs> there's there's no reason that you. It, there's the got to be a reason you can't is, operate. Depends them. who you ask. <laughs> it depends the qu- answer you get. So if we ask Brad, what will the answer? I've we- only hit one trailer. <laughs> Brad has hit many more than one trailer. I promise you that. I promise you that. Yeah, but the how bad was a 
a piece of garbage too. How? It wasn't even my fat. It was the fault. It was the spotter's fault. I had a spotter saying, come on back. Come on. And I smashed some trailer. <laughs> okay, that's what I was getting at. You only hit one trailer, but how badly did you hit that it's one trailer? 800 bucks. Oh, okay. And how much was Brad's damage on him? Like, who knows? He doesn't tell anybody. It's like, <laughs> fixed. No one knows. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Who knows? Like, I, incalculable. Incalculable. Yeah, incalculable. Damage Brad has caused. <laughs> oh. He'll kill me. Like, he probably hasn't hit any trailers, but I guarantee he has. <laughs> <laughs> he's just not telling. Like they let Clay drive it, and that guy, like, he's oh, the new, new guy Clay. No, 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 no. Oh, he's not new. No, he's not new. But they were telling me about a guy named Clay because I was confusing him with this Clay. Yeah, Clay. He he's the only vegan on Earth to kill a mule deer. Oh wow. Yeah. Why would a vegan kill a mule deer? Because he got a tag before he turned vegan, and then oh. when we. How does that even work? How know. do you turn vegan? Like, I want somebody to explain that to me. I uh, he's we tried to get him to explain it, but he was kind of confused about it. That makes think, sense. Well, apparently happened to him online or something, like maybe on TikTok. <laughs> like, I just don't. So this get is it. a recent revelation. He's went vegan. No, it's been no. He's actually coming out of it. He's coming. It's like he has a sickness. He's coming out of the cloud. <laughs> He's emerging. He's emerging. I don't know if the damage will ever be He's repaired, emerging from the darkness. Is he like skin and bones and like... Oh, he, we thought he had cancer, but... <laughs> He's like the most fit guy at work, like... And... So he promised us he'd be eating normal by the time we'd go on the hunt. And then the hunt came around and he was still eating weird. And, he's and like, you cooked ba- like bacon and eggs every morning? Yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> we're like, dude, does, when we go hunting, we like eat good. Yeah, like Just steaks and bacon and eggs. and eat like whatever you're going to eat. That's not on the menu. <laughs> Vegetables? And he's like, no. don't worry, guys. I'll just uh, have I'll some bring my own food. It won't be weird. I'm have like, some kale. So, yeah, he comes in. And he like starts dumb with black beans and eggs in this pot. I'm like, he's like, you want some? Absolutely not. Like. <laughs> No way. I don't even know what that thing is. Like, I'm just going to go get a Diet Coke and I'm going to be over Diet here. Diet Coke and some beef. Oh. I wasn't going to get beef until I saw that. Then I'm going to get some beef. Oh, man. So he shoots it. Like, so we're, we. this is a funny, this is a story that needs to be told. Okay. Like, to the nation. Okay. Because. I don't know how big of the nation it's going to get to, but it'll get to a couple people for he, sure. The Redneck Tech Nation. This is his first time he's ever been on. And we're like, first evening, and we're, like, in this little valley, and there's deer surrounding us. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I got to pee. And I'm like, dude. Oh, I've heard this story. Brad told us this story. You can't pee, bro. Like, there's deer have us pegged. You can't move right now. Don't move. Okay. And he's sitting right next to me, like, on his butt. And he just pulls out his thing and starts peeing. <laughs> like, right inches away from me. I'm like, dude. Have some what respect. What did you know about, like, not peeing? Yeah. <laughs> so Apparently they didn't teach this at the vegan night school. Yeah, vegan. So then that night, as we're hiking back, his sights fall off his gun. I'm like, dude, what the crap, dude? He's like, oh, no. Well, my cousin had an extra pair of sights, so... We sighted it in, 
in the dark <laughs> with like spotlights. Dang. And the next morning, I'm down below glassing and letting them know which, like, which uh, canyon they're coming up, to like, so they can get in front of them. And all of a sudden, there's a gunshot. And I have the radio. I'm like, hey, Mike, was that you? No. It wasn't Mike. Clay, did you just shoot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like, did you did you hit it? Yeah. He's still looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Shoot him again, you idiot. <laughs> Put more powder in that thing and shoot him again. It's a muzzle. I'm like, freaking shoot him again. What are you doing? And then you hear him on the radio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you wait a little bit. Hey, Mike, you should come over here. There's deer everywhere. <laughs> like, dude, this, this guy, like. Did he kill it? So Mike starts hustling over there. Yeah. And he walks right up on this buck. He smoked it. And this is the biggest buck in the little area. It's a 180-inch bule deer. Good Lord, man. And we're like, dude, what? He shot a big buck. Dude. Maybe we should go vegan. He's like, I'm like, How, did you like see him? Tell me? He's like, I just saw these bucks up there, and I just pointed, and I just like, I'm going to let it rip. <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Yep. That's a little scary at the same time. Yeah, I not ethical at all. Not <laughs> ethical at all. I, oh, gosh. Mike was a little upset because, like, he's been trying to kill Big Buck like that forever. And he went, he just went around the ridge and smoked one. Just smoked one. Well, Sighted in his gun the night before in the dark. That's how it goes yeah. sometimes. Sometimes you do get lucky. Yeah, well... We've been talking for an hour, and it's time to go to bed so we get a decent night's sleep before it all starts tomorrow. Again. Yeah. I'm tired. You tired? I'm tired. I'm tired, too. All right. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We will hopefully have another cool couple stories in a week or so after this comes out. (coughs) Talk to you guys later. Later. Peace. Peace. Peace.